Hello, my friend. I have friend. a lot to fucking say today. I have oh. a lot to fucking say today. So many things. Oh, he's ready. He's ready. Dalton, welcome. Hello, hello. T-Man is here. It's me. I'm back. Dalton, I don't know if you heard, but Chris has a lot to say today. He is ready. Honestly, I'm not all that surprised. <laughs> Everybody um, should leave. Well, I, welcome, I predict- everyone. Yeah, go ahead, Dalton. Oh, I predict Chris is probably going to drop about nine times this episode to make up for last one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, well, welcome, everyone, to episode 26 of South of the Blue Line. We are um, almost done with the first round of the playoffs. Um, and um, first off, boys, we have made $3 so far. <laughs> Not Does bad. that go to your girl? Doesn't that go to your girlfriend, Mike? Yeah, I, I saw that uh, you uh, you signed away all our revenue. <laughs> so that's, she's a high profile guest. We gotta we gotta do what we can, right? That's true. We gotta we gotta lure her on somehow. Um. Well, boys. Um. So I have uh, obviously stuff written down, and with uh, so how do you want to do this, Chris? Do you want to just start with the Blues games from last week? Um. No, let's just, I don't know. Let's just talk. Because I'm going to go on a, a pretty big rant about the Jets. So um, maybe, I don't know. Maybe we could talk about that goal from last night. That's just total horseshit. Oh, the Leafs goal. Yeah, well, is there another one? I mean, there was the one in the Flames game for that goal to interference that was kind of questionable. Yeah, but yeah. It got ruled no goals, so. Yes, I mean, we can talk about both of them. So, I mean, uh, the one you're talking about is the Austin Matthews goal to make it one nothing, right? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, I, apparently FIFA has taken over the NHL, just so you guys know. <laughs> yeah. What a so, ratchet up the fucking cricket level. Yeah, it's great. I was just a little confused because, honestly, if you look at the two um, – like the if you actually put the Flames goal that was called back and the Leafs goal that was called a good goal next to each other, they look pretty similar. Yeah, I think like pretty much the only differences is that the Leafs goal was called a goal on the ice, where I don't think the Flames was. Yes, I think I think that is the main difference. And what the NHL release said was the difference is it was called a goal on the ice, and the other one was not. Which is also like straight up garbage. Because how is that Leafs goal a goal, dude? Like that's just that's textbook. So you know what they got to do? They they've got to just eliminate that rule that the call on the ice has to be overruled one way or another. If you're gonna review a goal, start with a clean fucking slate and review it properly. You know that's got to be number one. Yeah, I agree. But also, just take away goal like all goal reviews. I don't even care anymore, man. Just just get rid of them all. Well, I mean, here's you know what, Dalton, I agree with you if they're going to continue to get them fucking wrong all the time. If you're going to review it and still get it wrong, then let's not slow the game down for five damn minutes while you get it wrong. Let's just let the refs call the game as they see it. Exactly. Like, either the refs are going to take a while and they're going to get it right, which I haven't seen happen near enough. Like, it's like, it feels like a coin flip if they're going to get it right. And... But if it's so close already, it's just uh, it's so frustrating to watch. How are you guys going to tell me? I don't know. Have you looked at that? Have you looked at that replay recently? Uh, which one? The 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 rascal. Yeah. 
So I, I'm not 100% sure what the NHL is saying, but are they saying that Rask was not going to be able to get over there? Is that what they're trying to say? Well, they're, well, so they're saying that the goal was called a goal on the ice, right? The, the official, I actually read the official thing this morning. Um, it was called a goal on the ice, and there, there was no, like, I guess they're saying is Rask probably wasn't going to make the save anyways, and there was no, like, definitive evidence, I guess, to call it back. I'm not sure they <laughs> talked about the Rask not making the save part, because if that's in there, that's, like, super garbage. Uh, let's see. NHL. So, um, so let's analyze this. So I'm looking at it over and over again right now. Um, and it's just on like a GIF. And so the, the Leafs player cross-checks McQuaid, forcing him backwards into Rask, into the blue paint, right between Rask's legs, knocking Rask down, and then Rask still almost gets over to stop the puck. You are not telling me that 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 player does not make contact with Tuka Rast, that he's not going to have a much better shot at hitting that, to making that save. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. That was a good shot by Matthews, but that's still a savable puck. It's fucking ridiculous. There is no, I I, I don't know. I'm beside myself right now. Uh Anyway, I don't think, I think we could probably be angry about it all day and make like a whole podcast just raging about it, but it's over. So yeah. You know, the, Bru- the Bruins players. The yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, the Bruins players themselves, I think, handled it really well. Like, especially in the interviews after the game, stuff like that, right? They're basically saying, like, hey, it sucks, but it happened, and we had to respond better than we did, which I also agree with because the Bruins just kind of rolled over and died for a little bit there. Mm hmm. Okay. okay. Yeah, because you so, lose your focus. Right? I have, I yeah. have the, the transcript from the NHL situation. All right, so it says, at 11.33 of the third period in the Maple Leafs-Bruins game, Boston requested a coach's challenge to review whether Toronto's Zach Hyman interfered with two grass prior to Austin Matthews' Matthews goal. After reviewing all available replays and consulting with the referees, the situation room confirmed the referee's call on the ice. The the decision was made in accordance to Rule 78.7. It states, in part, if a review is not conclusive and or there is any doubt whatsoever as to whether the call on the ice was correct, the original call on the ice will be confirmed. Therefore, the call on the ice stands. Good goal, Toronto Maple Leafs. So they're saying they okay. didn't have definitive proof. So they've, they, they've kind of like, so re- listening to the way that that's written, without any doubt at all, like if there's any doubt at all, you can't overrule it. So I guess there has to be a, even a, like a sliver of doubt that, you know, I don't know. I don't okay. know. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to figure out why they did it. but Though, though I will say, I will say that, that I feel like while I think I agree we'll probably shouldn't have counted, also the one goal Boston scored in this game was offsides. <laughs> Uh, so it's either one it's either a true well and so so that's what i'm saying is like looking at it is like obviously not definitively but like looking at it it's offside so at this point it's a 2-1 leafs win or a one nothing leafs win so so i'm gonna make two counters to that okay so the first counter is why didn't the leafs challenge it they were well within their rights to do that they weren't and they have an opportunity to look why were they not allowed to uh, because in the last minute, or maybe it's two, the Situation Room in Toronto is the only one that's allowed to review goals. Yes. In so how did they miss that one? 
Uh, the tr- no, they they checked and they but they couldn't get a camera angle that showed that he was offside. Oh, fuck the! F- Are you fucking kidding me? Also, it's it was one joke. of those. It was one of those plays where it was like it was offside, but like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I hate the I like the offside rule. I feel like there should be like some caveats or something like that, especially like because play went on for so much longer after they'd entered the zone already. Yeah, and it was just so barely offside. If it was offside, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wait, but you had another point, Chris, I think. No, I don't. We should move on. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Uh, So we actually haven't talked about the Nazem Kadri suspension while we're on the Leafs. What a piece Uh, of shit that guy is. Right. So um, Kadri – so DeBrusque smashes Marlowe into the stanchion. Kadri retaliates, hits him in the head. And he is suspended for not a set amount of games, but the duration of the series. Which I kind of think, I almost think, I think they got it right. Mm. So first off, bad hit. Bad hit, bad hit. Um, And I actually have a stat here. Um, Since uh, 2010, there have been... Uh, there are five people that have the the most suspensions, not amount of games, amount of time suspended. Two people are tied for first since 2010. Can you guess who those two people are? Is it Nazem Kadri? Yes. And John Carlson. John Carlson. Not John Carlson. Is it Tom Wilson? Here, it oh, is not Tom meant. Wilson. Tom Wilson is. That is, is uh, third on this list with three. Um, here, I'll give you a hint. Former Oiler. For, Duck. Is it is it Cogs? It's not Cogs. It can't be Cogs. It is Rafi Torres. Oh, that makes so oh, much okay, more sense. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Cadre and Rafi Rafi. Torres are tied at five suspensions since 2010. God, I forgot that plug even. He got suspended for like 20 games last season or something like that, right? Torres? Torres got some suspended near the end of his career for 41. Oh, probably deserved. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, yeah. Was, he, was, he was really good in the 2016 or the 2006 playoffs, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was um, so good. He's so I mean, destroyed people. Yeah, it was a, that was a hell of a team. Um, but I don't want to talk about it, it'll hurt my heart. <laughs> um, so I mean CAD suspension I mean so they give him duration of the series basically telling him you're not allowed to play against Boston that's basically what they're saying um, and he gets uh, minimum of three maximum of five so I mean are we happy with that no kinda <laughs> if he was not a repeat offender I think that 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 play in of itself for a first-time offender, that would be an appropriate suspension. But considering Kadri has shown that he does this shit all the time, no, absolutely not. It well, should have been... You have to think, this is, this is the second year in a row against Boston in the first round that Kadri has hit someone and been suspended. Mm-hmm. It should, he should be suspended for the, for the balance of the playoffs. Mm. That's an appropriate suspension. I don't know if I'd go quite that far. Why? Do you think that that, that 
do you think that that behavior is acceptable? Would you ever like, would you ever do something like that to another hockey player? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> really? are, are you being, are you being realistic here? Hmm. You're not that kind of player. Are you? Not most of the time, but uh, <laughs> what happens in midget stays in midget. Also, God, dude, those games were lawless. Holy fun times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I know. I've watched some junior B games in Alberta. I know what you mean. Oh, fuck me. Don't go watch junior C if, or watch junior C if you just want to see people fight for like 20 minutes straight. Hell yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm on like the low end of this suspension is okay. Like, because I'm pretty sure the Maple Leafs are going to lose this round anyways, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but it, it just kind of – it feels like it should – the three games that it could have been feels way too low. The five seems a little bit closer to okay. But I'm like – I'm probably leaning to more like a six, a seven-game suspension for this. Yeah, I think – I mean, we know the NHL values playoff games more than regular season games. For so a good I reason. Think, oh, right? right. And, and, and I, I, I think – well, yeah, for, for sure. I, I'm not – I think – I mean, it's right. I mean – playoff games are a lot more important than regular season games. Um, so I think that they are trying to they, – they handed it where the maximum was five, and I think they kind of were banking on Toronto and Boston going seven again anyways. Um, so he gets the five, and then they don't want to, I guess, handicap people going into, next, into their next playoff round. So they wanted it to be like a clean slate almost. Oh, so you're thinking – so you're thinking this was less of a hockey decision, more of a kind of a business decision? I, th- I, th- I, I think so. I think they're like, we have to give him five. It'll probably go five anyways. So they hit him with the five, they hit him with the five game. And then they, and then next round starts over and Kadri already has like the, listen, you do something like this, like you'll be out. I think, right. If he goes into the second round and then does, like, right. Let's say the Leafs win and Kadri game three against Columbus clocks Duchesne or something like that bad hit dirty hit he's out for the whole playoffs. I think they just kick him out for, at that point but I think this so one I, is like they don't want to handicap a team going into the next round I think you're so I, I think you're way overthinking this Mike I think that like so by that logic you know if if I'm if if I'm playing for the Winnipeg Jets and I'm playing the Edmonton Oilers and it's like game seven and we're up like six three we're going to knock the, you know, the Oilers over. So I'm just going to skate in the corner and cross-check McDavid in the neck and break my stick on his neck. Because, hey, suspend me until the next round. It's stupid. Yeah. The, the suspension should be considering what the, what the infraction is and the person's history, and that should be it. There should not be other var- variables put into it. I, I don't think. That's my personal opinion. <laughs> But anyway, well, I, I agree. I don't think there should be other variables, but I feel like that's how it was probably maybe put into effect. I think there's honestly, I think there's just a lot of politics, uh, politics in the NHL. And I think that they really need to find a way. You've, you, I've said this like several times during our podcast. I think they've got to find a way to to revamp their entire officiation player protection system, whether it be another company takes it over an independent body takes it over or something. It's just too flawed the way it is now. Referees are so variable within games, within like parts of the season, within seasons, the, 
you know, player safety rulings are different. Like they're so different. And I it actually, just opens uh, up. On Twitter, I see some suggestions for uh, someone like Sean Avery to take over the like oh, George Paris's job. My God, if that oh man God, that even does better. anything, that'd be garbage. Are you kidding me? You don't think that'd be good? I think because he he was a rat. I think that'd be perfect. I think he can look at a hit and be like, I know exactly what you're trying to do there. He was calling for Matthews to one v one DeBrusque at center ice in order for the Wig Leafs to win the series. Perfect. <laughs> it's like no i i think it needs to change but i think it almost needs to be at a more fundamental level for the referees like it's got I don't, more cut and dry yeah yeah there's gonna be less i think it needs to be less variability and i think how you do that is you actually increase the amount of referees on the ice because right now <laughs> well i think it was long because you're having a greater sample size right because all of a sudden you go from two to four you have four eyes on something all of a sudden, it's less variability across the referees. So you should, in theory, have a more consistent game called. I, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like you're at that point, you're cluttering it up. I just feel like you should, like, playoffs or not, you should call the rules the way they're supposed to be called. I feel like refs maybe take too much time. They don't want to be, right, they, they want everything to be fair, right? If I'm going to make three calls on this team, I'm going to make three calls on the other team sort of thing. And they don't want to, like, tip that balance too much. Where I feel like if one team is taking advantage of it, I feel like they should just be like, you know, that's a penalty. And if the penalties end up being like 7-3 skewed one way, the other team is just, they get themselves, you know? Yeah. Well, I agree. But I think adding more refs is a great way to do that because all of a sudden you don't just have four eyes on something, right? You don't have one guy looking back at the play over there, one guy looking here. You have four different angles of the play at all time. So you can actually hopefully get a better look at what actually what's going on but i do agree it might be a little bit too much yeah what they should do if they really if they really want to fix it and they want to make it super accurate they need to get rid of all the linesmen and all the officials on the ice and they just need to have like like electronically monitored they have to have uh, chips in the puck and, and chips in players skates for offsides and for goals and then you know the calls come from up high when there's penalty. And then it's describing my uh, we'll hook them just... up with shock callers and so like you know when they go offside they just shock them, let them know. <laughs> <laughs> I really they get like a that. penalty <laughs> and you just like fucking hold down the button, just like no, bad. Yeah, bad no, like a dog, exactly like a shock collar. I'm just like right, like you like the, the you put chips in their stick, so as soon as it goes too high, it immediately just gives them a little zap. <laughs> I love it. All right. Sounds like a good new NHL. Wonderful. Hire me, Batman. Um, so, okay. So then um, uh, other things that uh, are out of the playoffs, because um, I know we love all this, a couple things. Um, first off, Todd McClellan is hired by LA. We kind of touched on it last week. I mean, I know no, we, none of us are really going to have an opinion on this, but uh, it's okay. It's side. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's L.A. Uh, do we think this will help Kovalchuk any? That'll be my one question to you guys, and we can move on. Yes, because anything would help Kovalchuk that's different than what he went through this season. Solid. Chris, do you have an opinion one way or the other? I, I mean, I, just, I'm, I don't really understand what Los Angeles is doing. 
I guess we the the, the off season is still to come, so we'll see. But um, you know, they really need to just get rid of some of their players and get some picks and prospects. They could do a quick rebuild. Um, yeah, yeah. Right now, they're not going to do a refresh because that's never going to work. Their players are starting to age out. It's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kovalchuk uh, puts up forty. They should trade uh, Drew Doughty to the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, one for one, Tyler Myers. Uh, no, Jacob Truba, but we get something else probably. I don't know. I have to look at Doughty's like contract. He's he's got a pretty long contract, right? Yeah, so and making, for, like, I think he's making nine and a half for like the next nine years or something like that. Uh, eight eight after know, this one. Yeah. He's uh, not even thirty yet, right? No, he's thirty-one. To Google, I go. Yeah, true. I'm gonna beat you, Dowdy. Uh, Drew Dowdy is 29. Dang it, he beat me. <laughs> and how long is his contract? Uh, nine more seasons, I think. But the next year is for less money. Yeah, but like the eight seasons after that are a lot more. All right, I can tell so you. I, considering, considering he's 29, um, I would do that trade. Would you guys? Oh my goodness. Okay, I got Drew Dowdy. Drew Dowdy's 29. He's making seven million dollars this year. Next season, the 2019-20 season, his cap hit goes up to 11. Yeah. He also... Until 24-25, no-move clause. Yeah. And he has a no-move clause right now. Yeah. 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 That's fine. I mean, I don't... I Do you think Drew Doughty's going to want to stick... I mean, unless he really likes LA, which why wouldn't you? But, like, if you know your team's going to be shit for, like, five years... He's such a competitor, I could see that bugging him. Well, yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. probably the reason that LA hasn't tried to rebuild yet. Is like they got their their stud number one defenseman, so you might as well try. And they, got a, they got an amazing first line center too. Yeah. Although he's starting to get old. Well, yeah. and, like they and got their, like and their goalie too. I mean, quick in net. He's more questionable, I think, just because yeah. I, I, I don't. His his groin's done, dude. Yeah, every time he goes post to post, I feel like the entire Staples Center just cringes. <laughs> uh, yeah. But so the question again remains if you're the Winnipeg Jets, so knowing, so Jacob Truba is one, so he's still an RFA, but he's one year away from becoming a UFA after yeah. next season. Um, he doesn't want to be in Winnipeg. So. If you're the Winnipeg Jets and the Los Angeles Los Angeles Kings say one for one, Truba for Dowdy and Dowdy approves, do you do that trade? I, I think to do that, you're losing – because that's a lot of cap space to open up. I mean, Truba's cap hit isn't even half of Dowdy's next year. I feel right. like this right. is kind of a lose-lose. I don't know, guys, because I, I think so. Like the, what I would do, so obviously, so Matt um, Matthew Perot comes off the books, so he's three million dollars. Um, you wouldn't resign Tyler Myers because that was the main concern about keeping him. Is if Truba goes and we don't have a replacement, so I think that's if you like, lose Truba and Myers, I feel like you definitely obviously have a chance to bring in Dowdy right. and then hopes like Sammy Niku like takes the step and slots in. Right, and so like. Like Myers, Truba, and Perot make up for that cap hit. And Perot's dead weight as he can all he does is take stupid penalties. So 
<laughs> Thank God he's going to be gone. Um, I don't know. I would do it. I'd pull the trigger. It's a lot. And then you have to consider, like, obviously, Kyle Connor's going to get a big raise. Uh, Line is going to get a big raise. Uh, Little, you have to just, you know, consider whether you're going to keep him or not. We probably couldn't. But uh, I'd do it. I think it would cripple the Jets a little bit too much. And I don't know I think- if Doughty's game will survive him getting old. Like, I'm kind of 50-50 whether you can be one of those ageless wonders or not. Yeah, I feel like Drew Doughty is slowly dipping towards the Duncan Keith boat. Yeah, but I do think Doughty uses his mind more than he uses his skills kind of thing. He's more of a – he thinks the game a lot better. So maybe, maybe that translates. That last game that they, the Jets played against uh, L.A., I think it was like, I don't know, like four or five games left in the season. Like, Doughty – seemed determined that he wanted to like make a statement and he wanted the, the Kings to beat the Jets. And he was amazing. Like, I don't know. I still don't oh, think no he's, doubt. he's a, he's a, he's a great, a game breaking defenseman. Like when he wants to be, especially like right now, like he, like if he wants, he'll turn it on and he can, he can definitely take over. Yeah. But it's the question of when he loses that step, is he going to still be that effective? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Good question. It could, could be a boat anchor of a contract for sure. Yeah, but I think also for the Jets, like, realistically, you're going to get at least four or five good years out of them. And I so, mean four or five good years of Dowdy with uh, the forwards that um, – Right. The, you're yeah, going to win a couple cups most likely, right? Yeah, yeah I mean – I still think that's not a trade that L.A. would do. Really? Yeah, I, I feel like it'd be a little – it'd be – a lot of cap space that they kind of use for sure and then they're also they still have a pretty solid defenseman in Truba I don't know I mean the more I say it out loud the more I, I think Chris you're starting to you're starting to convince me a little bit I but the reason I don't think that's a trade LA would do is that I think unless like the one destination Doughty was willing to go would be Winnipeg and then I'd be like all right maybe that's a trade that would happen but I think if Doughty's willing to waive his no move then he like he'll go if he goes pretty much anywhere. That that the trade ask is going to be so high. Like yeah. it'll be Truba, a first, and also Morrissey or some stupid shit like that. I don't know because I think like I think his contract like situation really like limits where he can go, right? And who would be interested even, right? Yeah, I, like, I think it does. Could the Edmonton Oilers could the Edmonton Oilers pull off a trade for Drew Doughty? Probably not, right? Even as no, much not, as they want him, not I, at like, all. Well. Like, but this is like the same thing as like the Tavares situation where if it, Tavares was interested in coming to your team, you'd move the cap so that you'd be able to take him. Yeah. Like if Dowdy came out and said, I like, I want to play in Edmonton, then I guess at that point you have to really take stock of what you have and make a real consideration of we got to move this because it's Dowdy. Yeah. You guys have a lot of high paid shit on your team. That's the problem. Right. Well, it's yeah, okay. I mean, Only for I like mean, the next seven seasons, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So then, um, Steve Eiserman takes over as the general manager of the Detroit Red Wings. What a cock! Sadly, he's not coming to Edmonton. He's a total cock, dude. I'm so mad. <laughs> I am looking forward to what he's able to do in Detroit. I, I think this this is the test to see. I mean, he built an amazing team in Tampa, and the trades he did phenomenal. 
Um, I think it's funny he left when he did, considering what just happened, and we'll get to that for sure, because um, we need to laugh at other people's pain. Yeah, um, but whoever the next yes. GM of the Oilers is, do not trade with the Red Wings. Never do it. Not even once. You're going to lose. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously we'll see, but I feel like this is, if he can bring the Detroit back, this will be like his piece de resistance. You know I hope he's successful. Yeah, but it'll also, be awesome to watch. I hate him at the same time. There's a little yeah, bit of conflicting yeah. emotions going yeah. on. And then my last thing outside of the playoffs is actually still playoffs related, sort of. The Condors, uh, the AHL team, the Amish Oilers, are in the AHL playoffs round one. They actually won. Uh, so first off, I think they only made the playoffs once or something like that. And this was their first playoff win ever. I yeah, um, before they were in the ECHL, right? Because that's yeah. how it was set up, so it was a little yeah. weird. So I mean, shout out to the Condors for being like a hell of a team this season. Yeah, shout out to William Olegason. He had an absolute snipe last night. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Plus, Bush, Bush just got sent down. I don't know if he'll see much action, but he is on the team. I think he played last night, but I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. You guys realize how pathetic you sound, right? Dude, yeah. NHL <laughs> playoffs matter, I swear. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love you guys, but come on. <laughs> all right, all right. So we'll save, we'll save the Jets for last. So first off, I guess we'll start with the best, like the, the juiciest topic. Columbus, Tampa, sweet. <laughs> I told you guys. I told you guys. I told you guys. <laughs> Good God. Good gravy. <laughs> And oh, it was amazing to watch because Tampa fans have never dealt with something like this before. So the other an absolute meltdown that happened was just beautiful. Oh, did, so did you see how, how the how, how the Lightning actually apologized to their fans on Twitter? Was it Twitter? Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. came out on Twitter and they were like, "We understand your pain, and we don't have any words that will make it feel better." And this wasn't the ending we wanted, nor the, the one we dreamed of. And we w- thank you for the support. We'll see you next year. <laughs> Fuck you. You know what the great thing is? Is that I uh, went to hockey last night, and there was uh, 18 guys and two goalies. Oh, what? The week before, there was like six guys. So I'm very happy. <laughs> no one's watching playoffs anymore. Good shit. That's right. Good so shit. what happened here? Like, this was, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think we can call it. This is probably one of the biggest upsets in the last 10 years. Maybe all time. Uh, I don't know about well, all I... time. There were some, you know, young college kids that went and played against the Soviet Union way back when. Yeah, oh, but that, that was right from the start, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Jesus. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, I mean, this one's just systematic destruction. Yeah. What, what can you say, right? It's like a superpower team losing to the underdogs. You, you never think it's going to happen well, until underdogs it does. and underdogs that like aren't even like a tight knit group. Like it's literally a team of mercenaries. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just think, you know, go ahead, Chris, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, it's your say, turn. I just think that they just gelled. Like, I, I just think that, you know, you look at the, the, the players they brought over and it was like a bit of a hodgepodge in it. And you know how, how messed up they were when they first came over? Everybody was laughing because it was like, 
these guys are going to miss the playoffs and then they're going to lose all of these players. Um, but I think that they just like started to gel and started to like be cohesive and that, that was a big deal. Right. Well, cause these I, are good players. Also, also, I think that Tampa went 62 wins. They walked through the regular season without even batting an eye. They never dealt with adversity all season sort of thing, you know? Uh, then they come to the playoffs, they go up 3 nothing in game one, and then the, blue, the Jackets come back and win that game in regulation. And I think after that, like, they were up 3 nothing. They're like, oh, man, this is going to be so easy. Look at this. We're already up 3 nothing on these guys. <laughs> and then they come back and lose that game, and they're just – their mental side. I think they, they crumbled. I mean, you can just tell, like, Kucherov taking that hit. Like, they were just – they didn't know what happened. Yeah. A lot of things, uh, like, kind of building on what both you guys said, but, like, a lot of stuff that people don't realize as well is that Columbus was 9-1-0 and in their last 10 coming into the playoffs. Like, they were playing good hockey all of a sudden. Like, they yeah, were on yeah, a, just a tear. Sure. And, and also, Bobrovsky decided that he was going to be Bobrovsky. Yeah, and there it is, right there. And like, a hot goalie can steal any series. Seen it before. Yeah. It, it was incredible. And then I – so, I mean, how many – did you guys watch many of the games, of the three games? Oh, only every single one. <laughs> wonderful, yeah. wonderful. So, so, I mean, I don't know, if, but, like, the way I was looking at it from, like, a tactical standpoint, first off, John Cooper got um, unbelievably outcoached. Um, it, it seemed like Tortorella knew exactly what the Lightning were trying to do. Like, he'd, he'd probably stayed up for, like, a week straight leading up to the playoffs just watching every Tampa game from the season. Um and, like, so their forwards weren't stopping four checkers. So Columbus dumped the puck in, and then the four, there was no gap between the – like, the forwards on Tampa weren't holding off the forwards in Columbus. There was no – they weren't slowing them down any. So Columbus would dump it in, and as soon as the defenseman would grab the puck, four checker was on him. It was just, like, just wave after wave after wave of hard four checking and then just, like, blocking every shot which i mean tortorella's mo but it, it worked beautifully yeah he he is definitely it feels like a playoff coach um but another thing as well is like headman was kind of like he was injured for at least two of the games and i didn't think he was all that good in the games he played so i think he was definitely dealing with some injury there for sure the entire time uh but I mean, also Small sample sizes too, right? Like I'm a little bit wary of drawing too much conclusions from four games. Yeah, so. for sure. Oh, I'm not. I, I, I mean, this will. I don't think Columbus will win round two, no matter who they play. But again, just like we were saying, Vegas is going to lose every game in the playoff last year. Could do it. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. I'm definitely. Uh, I'm kind of. I'm kind of rooting for them now. Yeah, no, I mean, for sure, for sure. It's an awesome story. Then the other sweep that almost no one is talking about because of the other sweep that happened on the night, the New York Islanders sweep the Pittsburgh Penguins. A.K.A. Rip My Bracket 2.0. Yeah, and this one was one where I felt like we knew who was winning this series from game one. Islanders had it all day, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, this one doesn't surprise me, boys, at all. I I had a kind of a feeling that the Islanders were going to surprise, but I was also, like, laners look so good. It's just so hard to beat them right now, right? It's another 
goaltending playing well, team playing as a team kind of thing, right? Yeah. Hundo. Yeah. Hundo. And and then it looked like, and honestly, in my opinion, um, from the games that I saw, Evgeny Malkin was just like, he just wasn't in the series. Like, his heart wasn't in it. Like, he was, like, the first off, the, the defense of the Islanders played Crosby, Kessel, and Malkin beautifully, like, super hard. Like, they locked down. But every time Malkin would get even, like, slightly knocked off balance, he would just get frustrated. Like, he looked like he just was, he wasn't, he was out of it. Like, he's, his heart wasn't there, you know? Um, and then the only other playoff round that has, is over ended last night, the Colorado Avalanche. Yes. The Calgary Flames in yes. five games. Dude, I yes. got so many just heartbroken Snapchats last night. It was oh, awesome. Yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> and I was at work when the game ended, and oh, man, so good. Would you rather your team – just missed out on the playoffs or made the playoffs and then immediately got swept in round one. Oh my God. <laughs> I guess. Oh my God. The flames, just their fans. I mean, uh, they just deserve it just because they're fans alone. <laughs> fans are insufferable. Well, then I don't know if you saw, but they lose last night and at home and they threw jerseys on the ice. Yeah, that's oh our thing. Oh my God. Get out of here. Yeah, and there's a reason. The Oilers have sucked for, like, how long now? There's a reason for you throwing your jersey and the incompetence of your management and your ownership. You have a reason. You're just not, like, petulant children. Oh, my God. They they finished second in the NHL, and then they they lose the first round. Time to throw jerseys. I mean, like, Kyrie's uh, not even allowed to be mad. They weren't even the best team in the NHL. They didn't even get swept. Who cares? <laughs> so, I mean, Just... I think I think this is the same sort of thing as, like, Grubauer played unreal. Yeah. And Colorado really gelled as a team. And McKinnon is a literal god. Well, that first line is dominant. Like, yeah. They just didn't have an a- Like, that, like, they just did not have an answer for Ranton and McKinnon Landis guys. Yeah, it's just I and I think Smith, I, favor- I think actually I think Smith even played well relatively. Just played his mind out. Relatively well. <laughs> so I actually saw a few stats. Colorado had um so going into this game, um the Flames in the regular season allowed the fewest shots on net per game, like they were the most sound cohesively. And in game um two and three Colorado had over 50 shots in each game. And Calgary's penalty kill was just awful the entire time as well. Like, well, is that Calgary's penalty kill being bad or at the abs being unstoppable on the power play? I think it's Calgary's penalty kill failing to change. Because, like, they were getting killed because, like, they have such a passive system, right? They just sit in their little little, their little triangle. Yeah. yeah, almost a box, a little triangle with one guy high kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And they and just then, sat there and the in this little box. Have, and the thing is, uh, Colorado's power play, the way it's set up with the two one-timers with McKinnon and Ranton on either side, like, it's set up to just bomb it on. So, like, yeah. you can't play passive against that. Because no. they'll just have it up at the point with Tyson Berry and Tyson Berry will be like, McKinnon, you want a one-timer? Or Ranton, you want a one-timer? And that's which is what happened over and over and over yeah. again. And Calgary just didn't stop it. Yeah. 
Um, so I think my favorite part of last night, though, was watching John, Johnny Gaudreau having three breakaways, one of them being a penalty shot and him not scoring on any of them. Oh, I feel I feel a little bit bad for Johnny Gaudreau. Nope. Not even a sliver. Don't feel bad for him. <laughs> Don't you dare. Every time something isn't called his way, he looks like he's about to cry. <laughs> Yo. The worst. He's the worst. He just should feel lucky that he has not been, like, lit up by somebody yet. He's too fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would love Dustin Bufflin to catch a hold of him just once. Yeah. He would launch him into space is what would happen. What happened this playoff series? Or this playoffs, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Maybe next year. Um, okay, so then quickly before we get to the Jets, uh, the last couple, uh, just a little recap of where the playoffs are at right now. Uh, Toronto is leading Boston 3-2. I think they played a night for a chance to Toronto to move on. So I think we all know Boston's going to win this, and it's going to be a game seven in Boston because, of course, and it, that'll be awesome. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, Washington Capitals and Carolina tied 2-2. I'm a bit surprised. Yeah, I didn't think uh, Carolina would be doing this well. No, I think, uh, you know, as we've said, I mean, first off, Mrazic is playing out of his mind, and um, the team's playing well. Oh, though, I will say, I want to know uh, your guys, especially Chris, your opinion on the Ovechkin-Svechnikov fight. <laughs> oh, my God, knocked the guy out. Holy shit. Because Twitter was not happy. Twitter was like, why is there fighting? And then, first off, they were like, we don't need fighting in the game. And then there were the people that were like, oh, Ovechkin, what a piece of shit. He, some because uh, Ovechkin's like what he like uh, 31, 32? Yep. And he just punched the lights out of a nineteen-year-old. He also weighs two hundred and thirty-five pounds and is six foot three. He's yeah, not a Svechnikov, small dude. Svechnikov is but, not that. So obviously there. But so yeah, I mean, so what do you guys think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you want to take it first, Chris? Or you want me to do it? I just, I just asked. Uh, so Sveshnikov like willingly fought him, right? Oh yeah, yeah. He, yeah. They, they, he asked for it. Too bad, so sad. <laughs> yep, that's about how no, I seriously. Feel. You're gonna, you're gonna fight somebody. What happens to you? What happens to you? Talk shit, get hit. Yeah, yes, for sure. Just like, just like Shen punching Bufflin in the back of, of, of his head when he wasn't even looking at him. Bufflin went, turned around, just body slammed him. And he's lucky, like, the ref got in the way because Shen would be dead right now. They'd be planning his funeral. Yeah. Yeah, literally. I think this just it? comes down to Svechnikov was a rookie. I don't know what he was thinking. Is this his first NHL fight, too? Yeah. <laughs> it's last one, I'm sure. Yeah, probably, man. There is a lot of guys that also, go after Svechnikov isn't playing tonight, either. He's missed the last two games. Dude, I'm not surprised. He's fucking he got knocked out. Yeah. Like, hello. He was out before he hit the ice. Oh. I know. Fuck, dude. He... Oh, my God. Like, look, I think people people can debate whether fighting should be in, in the NHL or not. Um, I don't know. Like, I think of the very few things the NHL has gotten right, and it's minuscule the amount of things they've gotten right, one of the things they have is they've, a man- they've managed to eliminate fighting by appointment which I'm so glad for because it's the stupidest shit I've ever seen. Well, you don't but they're the, still you don't allowed. The WWE like uh, like no. fight card. Oh, so, so it's just a waste of time. 
It, like, I don't want to see a boxing match break out in a hockey game. I think if two guys are pissed at each other and they're, like, legit hockey players and they want to fight, I think that should always be part of the game. But, you know, the, so the NHL has managed to keep that, right? If you want to fight, you can still fight. Yeah. But you're not going to have these big fucking idiots like George Peros skating around the ice just looking to fight people. It's stupid. Yeah, I, I agree. I I like the fighting part of hockey, but only if it's like an actual real fight. Like, I know. yeah, let, that Ovechkin uh, special cup fight, that was fun to watch. Like, it was a if good I fight. Was, yeah, it was a good tilt. So like, uh, Svechnikov actually landed a couple punches. He Listen, did... like, like, obviously, Svechnikov lost, obviously. He, yeah. he, he got knocked out. But, like, like, first off, I'd like to applaud him for, like, even attempting to fight Ovechkin. Yeah, he's got some balls. I'll give him that. He's stupid, but he's got some balls. And he's stuck ah. in there for about three more seconds. Or probably, I mean, I think he only lasted three seconds, but that's three more seconds than I would have lasted. <laughs> yeah, Ovechkin drops the gloves with me. I'm done, dude. I'm already on the ice. Like, he's he doesn't have to throw a punch. Dust. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He'd flinch and I'd probably pass out. <laughs> um... Yep. So so then we have uh, the Stars and the Predators tied 2-2, though I will say the Stars, as of right now, are in the middle of the game, of game five, and the Stars are at 5-3. Yes. Jesus, dude. Um, so uh, I think this has been interesting. A lot of series that people are like, oh, I think this one's going to be obvious. Tampa, Calgary, um, I think this one, and the Hurricanes as well, where like the, the kind of the smaller teams are giving the bigger teams a little, like some struggles, some uh, – like a run for their money. Well, here's the thing. I think with that series, like the Predators are the same as the Jets this year. They they basically sputtered their way into the playoffs. Like it was almost between the Jets and the, the Predators. It was like, I don't want first seed. You take it. No, you take it. The entire like 2019. Mm-hmm. And like the Blues almost rested it from both of them being dead last in the NHL at the beginning of 2019. Yeah. And the thing is, like... They almost took the first seat. Like, that's crazy. And the Stars themselves haven't really been lighting the world on fire either. So, I kind of feel like the stars Pred series is, like, it's as even as it should be right now. 100%. Just like the the Blues-Jets series should be pretty... It's just as even as it is. Because those teams, like, they're, they're on different trajectories. Like, the Stars and the Blues had to fight their way into the playoffs. You know, just like like you can say that about the about the um, the Lightning and the Jackets. and the Blue Jackets as well, right? Yeah, the Jackets had to fight their way into that last playoff spot. They were in playoff mode for like weeks. The Blues were like, or I mean, the 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 um, Lightning were just like waiting and relaxing and just having fun. So I wonder if you're going to start seeing coaches almost treat the last couple of games of the season, like a tune-up game for the playoffs where they just go, they should that, like where they just try and like, they would employ the tactics like they would if they were facing X team and then just play the entire two games like that. Yeah, totally should. Just like kind of how they do it in like uh, college football, right? You know, like the number one ranked school isn't going to play the number one, two ranked school week one. They're going to go out and go smash up on some college. Nobody's ever heard of before. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just you get, I mean, I mean, first off, you got to give the guys some confidence. And then second of all, like get people used to the system, like get it as much of like a habit and just like reflex as possible. 
Yeah, and get it, get into the system, get it into that. It's like it's do or die hockey mode already, so that you're not like Tampa and just get caught so flat footed. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, they were they were napping and they they took advantage. Hire me, Edmonton. I'll be your new head coach. <laughs> um, and then uh, last series, other than the Blues and the Jets, uh, is the Sharks and Knights. Um, it is three two Golden Knights right now. This has been a fun series and I feel like not many people are watching it because there's so many other stuff going on and they're always the late night games at least over here because this has been a fun series um it is high scoring the sharks and like just the uh, it, I feel like honestly these teams are so evenly matched um and man just Mark Stone looked good as a Golden Knight, and I knew he would, and it's so frustrating. Honestly, I'm surprised the the San Jose Sharks are doing as well as they are. I kind of thought the Knights were going to stomp them a little bit. Yeah, I was a little concerned, especially with the Sharks' goaltending issues. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought that that would definitely be their downfall, and it still might. I mean, honestly, like Golden Knights could finish it out tonight, and I don't feel like anyone would be super surprised. But um, it has been – they first off, they – hate each other and it is fun <laughs> all right chris tell us how much you hate the knights oh uh, 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 he's gone he's gone he's gone no <laughs> right as we're about to get to the good stuff oh he's back he's back chris, so, no. I literally oh, i just asked you a wait, question wait 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 so you know do you know how i actually ended up dropping this time tell, tell us why I backed out of the app by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I the entire thing without messing up once. Shit. I right. choked. Chris, Chris, tell us how much you hate yeah. the Knights. Oh my God. I hate them so much. <laughs> so I didn't. So I haven't been watching this series for two reasons. Number one, I hate the fucking Knights and I don't want to see them be successful. And I feel like if I watch that, I will like throw a chair through my window and I can't afford that. Number two, I don't give a shit about the San Jose Sharks in any way, shape, or form. Like, I couldn't care less about them. I look at Joe Thornton and his stupid beard, and I just I just want to punch him in the face. <laughs> well, so, that's controversial. Yeah, so, I mean, like, if I would have known that, like, the Sharks were, like, beating on them, I like, just, like, physically, I probably would be more apt to watch them, and I'll probably watch this series going forward. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. And so then that brings us to the one that is closest and nearest and dearest to our hearts. The Bears. The Bears. Yeah. Um, last time, last podcast, Jets go out. First two games at home, they lose. Uh, I think they drop the leads both times. Then they go to Winnipeg. And I don't, I didn't watch these two games at all. And they win both of them, tying the series up. And then I watch game five and St. Louis wins. You're a dick. It's all your fault. I have to stop. Okay, um, so I just got to go, like, I, I just want to go on a little mini rant before we talk about what happened in the last game. Yeah. So, first of all, there's two, two components to this. Number one, people are, like, acting like the Jets should have swept the Blues. And that is the most ridiculous notion in the entire world, knowing the trajectory of these two teams. What 
both these teams have done. I, I mean, I, I'm, I didn't actually isolate it. I should have before this podcast. But what the Jets record is in 2019 and what the Blues record is in 2019, the Blues should be heavy favorites to win this game or oh, this yeah. series. The, the Blues have been the best team in the NHL in 2019. Yeah. So, But people are like all like, you know, just shitting on the Jets for not have like just swept this team, especially considering what's happened with these other series that we've already talked about. It's ridiculous. The second thing that I really want to complain about or bitch about is the way that people like Jets fans in particular like to shit on players like Ben Sherratt and Tyler Myers, who are bottom three defensemen for the Winnipeg Jets Yet they fail to talk about how Jacob Truba has been a steaming pile of shit and how Dustin Bufflin, although I will give him like a bit of slack because he's coming back from injury, but he has been less than stellar. Same with um, Morrissey. Morrissey's starting to play a little bit better, but he has been a shadow of himself. Yet if you look at forums online and stuff, people are pulling out all these stupid like goals adjusted Corsi and like war and all these other stupid statistics and they're saying like you know Tyler Myers blah 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 or or Ben Chirot blah 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 meanwhile if you look at the last game who caused the Winnipeg Jets to lose that game it was Jacob Truba and it was Dustin Bufflin so I just wanted to get that off my chest also, using advanced stats from just one series is never a good idea because, once again, sample sizes too small. Yeah, and that's what my that's what my major argument is with stats. Like, I think stats are, can be very beneficial and useful, but I find most people use stats in isolation to prove their point or to control a narrative when it's not even really valid. You know, if you're if you're trying to look at what someone's done over the last five games, losing, using advanced stats, or even stats in general, it's like, I almost feel like the eye test is probably the best way to tell how well a player's been playing like over the last five games or something like that. If you're trying to look over an entire season, I'd probably give a little bit more merit to advanced stats in general. So, I mean, looking at the series... The, Jet, the, the series is tied 2-2, goes back to Winnipeg. The Jets start really strong in the game. They build a 2-0 lead, lead, including a goal in the first 12 seconds of the game. Fastest goal ever to start a playoff game, by the way. Oh. Um, and then what happens? A few minutes left or less than, a, less than two minutes left in the third or the second period, uh, Jacob Truba takes a stupid penalty. The Blues him score and, him in the him and Perot yeah. all series have been taking a ton of penalties. Awful. Just bad penalties. So uh, the Blues score on the resulting power play in the third period. Then Dustin Bufflin. So there was controversy whether this goal should have counted because Sun, Sunquist uh, fell into the net, dislodging it as the puck crossed the line. I think that that's a good goal, and I think you guys will agree. There is no, there is no interference on Hellebuck. That it does not matter because Bufflin knocks Sunquist into the net. It doesn't matter if the pot, if the net was dislodged before the puck crossed the line because the defending team knocked the net off the board. So yeah. I don't think there's an argument with that. My problem with the goal was with Dustin Bufflin. And instead of fucking around with a puck in your skates, knock Sunquist down. Way over. It's over. 
I don't know if you guys remember the play, but um, no, well, no, I, 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 I know, I know you're talking the, about. Yeah, most of my memory of the play is just the goal, the questionable net going off kind of thing, which I agree it should still be a goal. So, yeah, so no, basically, I, the, I do as well. The puck crosses the line. Buff, Bufflin's got really good gap on Sunquist, and the puck is kind of like floating around around Bufflin's feet. So Bufflin takes a stick and he starts swatting at it and Sunquist has got some speed on him. So what Bufflin should have done was ignore the puck and just knocked Sunquist down. If he did that, play is over. But he starts trying to like swat at this bouncing puck in his feet. It goes through him and of course Sunquist goes around him and that's what caused the, the issue. Yeah. yeah and then don't even start on the game. I'm sorry, go ahead. That almost kind of seems out of character for Bufflin. I was kind of under the assumption that he was normally the guy that's just going to toss you to the ice rather than worrying about the puck. Well, that's true. And that's why I think, like, good Bufflin would have just knocked Sunquist down and it would have been over, right? Good Bufflin. Well, there's good Bufflin and bad Bufflin. I'm sure you guys have had players before who, you know, when they're good, they're great. And when they're bad, they're not great. Mm, And Bufflin is definitely one of those. Yeah. But for um, me, like the big, the, the kicker is the is the goal to win the game for the Blues. What in the fuck is Jacob Truba doing? What is he doing? What is he doing in that goal? I hope so. He doesn't want to be in <laughs> Winnipeg. He's got no intensity. He's just get him out of town. I want somebody who cares. Um, Hellebuck has looked a, a little better. I will say. Yep. Uh, He's though, played long enough for us to win. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, uh, well, at least in the, recently, those first two games were rough. Um, but my question is Jordan Bennington, relating to the Blues. Jordan oh Bennington God. is on fire. He's Does so good. Jordan, and the thing, and here's the thing, Jordan Bennington didn't do a Murray and just show up for the playoffs. He did this in the regular season, too. He's the reason they're where they are. Um, so now my question is, should Jordan Bennington – Steal the Calder from Pedersen. Eh. Well, the votes are done before the playoffs, so. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I think, like, it's such a small, like, it's such a small sample size, right? I, like, we've seen goalies do this before, right? Like, late bloomer goalies come into the NHL. They, like, have this short period where they're just, like, lights out unconscious fantastic and then they just fade away into the sunset and you never hear from them again right aka um, the hamburglar right or like john um john Kerry, i think he played for minnesota for a while he was really good and then he just like like there's a lot of examples of of goaltenders like that yeah, whereas like- patterson is like a legitimate star in the making player yeah. I also don't really like it when 25-year-olds win the Calder. I kind of feel like it yeah. takes away from the trophy a little bit. But Do you guys remember when Sergei, Sergei Makarov won it? <laughs> no, I don't think I was alive. But <laughs> I do remember I, I, when... I, I'm, uh, more, I'm more when won. Panarin beat David out. Paraninen. Say his name right, Mike. Paraninen. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Paraninen. <laughs> well, boys, I mean, okay, so, Chris, tonight is game six, Blues on the line. How are you feeling going into this one? I mean, I think the Jets win this one. I, I feel like 
I feel like a lot of the players are playing better, and I feel like Dustin Bufflin is probably going to have a much better game because I think he realizes that, you know, he hasn't been great so far. Um, yeah, no, I feel like the Jets are going to win tonight. All right, so what you're saying is I should watch the whole game because they're going to win. No, I should. I feel like you should stay far away from any television broadcast of any sort. Well, <laughs> okay. Chris, I haven't watched, like, I've watched, like, parts of the games, so I'll watch tonight's games in entirety, so I'll counterbalance out Michael. Or maybe you'll make it even worse. Well, <laughs> either way, it'll be entertaining for me. Oh, you are a bastard. <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys got anything else? I think Bennington's my new favorite NHL player. Really? Yeah. You see, I'm just Man. like, just fucking skate off the ice after they won. Didn't even oh, care. Dude. Didn't even celebrate. God. Dude, all right. So first off, Bennington is ice cold. Do you see his interview where he was like, are you nervous? And he's like, do I look nervous? No. There's your answer. <laughs> God. Um, but then also, shout out to the Winnipeg Jets fans because the last game they had a you look nervous chant going. <laughs> Good shit. And so every time he'd go out to play the puck, we, they'd just hear, you look nervous. Did, did it work? Well, I mean, they, the Blues won, so no. Maybe next time they should look, they should like start chanting, you don't look nervous, you know, a little reverse psychology on them. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Yeah, no, he, but man, Bennington has Bennington has made some huge saves. Yeah, um, I mean that that you could say like you could say that like you know there was times in the second period in that last game the Jets could have got opened up like maybe a three or four goal lead, which would have made the comeback not possible. But at the end of the day, like you know, he let in enough goals for the Jets to win, and you know they they choked in the third period, which has been like pretty common for the Winnipeg Jets this year, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, thought I, I thought I, the Jets were the better team for sure, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm just thinking more of like, like, like he's obviously like the Jets aren't capitalizing, but like he's also making like the timely save. Like I think in Game Two when Shifley hit that one timer and he gets over and catches it with his toes, like full splits or in the last minute, and like that, like any other goalie right now for the most part, that they're going overtime now, and then it's anybody's game again. I think he has definitely given the Blues a chance to win every single game he's been in. Except for the 6-3 game. D- don't worry about that one. We're not, we're not talking about that one. Sample it size, ruins my narrative. I will, I will give Bennington credit for bouncing back from that game, though. That would have shattered a lot of goalies' confidence, but he, he wasn't shattered. And he was good. He was actually not bad in that game either, even though the Jets scored six goals. I'm really so here's interested. What, here's what I think. Here's how, here's how the Jets win. I think someone um, expendable from the Jets line should no. take a run at him. No. Bad Take Michael. him out. And then they have to put Jake Allen in, and it's a for sure win. Bad, Michael. Matthew Perot. First five seconds of the game. <laughs> I'm interested to see, though, if uh, Bennington can keep this up past this season. Like, is he going to be that flash in the pan, or is he going to be a mainstay? That's that's the question, right? I mean, like be, this kid. That's a god. This kid was in the ES, This kid was in the EH, ECHL not too long ago. Well, he was. Here's. Have you heard the story about that? About how uh, uh, they were gonna. So 
the Blues were going to send down Bennington from the AHL to their ECHL team because they had a kind of a glutton goaltending. And then he just straight up told them that if they sent him down, he would refuse to report. Um, so instead, he got to go play for the Providence Bruins, where he put up a 926 save percentage over the rest of the season. Oh, right, because he was shared, right? He was shared with – no, yeah. it was the Wolves. I, it was the Chicago Wolves. Was it? I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah. yeah but you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, which is another story, which just kind of made me love him even more. Yeah. So now I have a theory, though. Now I have a theory. Now, thinking back to that, do you think that A, Bennington has a chip on his shoulder, which has allowed him to play the way he's played? And B, if he comes back next year as the number one goalie for the Blues, that that chip is gone and that will change his intensity level and maybe how well he plays. It very well could, but also millions and millions of dollars are also a very good motivator. I've heard. So who knows? Yeah. yeah. True. True. That it'll be interesting. I mean, if he does turn out to be what they need, like that is a godsend for St. Louis because going into the season with Chad Johnson, I think, and freaking Jake Allen. Yeah. They just had no luck in their goaltending over the last, I don't know seven seasons it feels like yeah it's, it's been bad they have a good team they have a good team yeah o'reilly is like i would oh i would love to have that guy on my team petrangelo pareko both excellent excellent players yeah they 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 haven't like i i out of the west right now i don't even have a clue who's gonna win colorado like, <laughs> they're gonna run into vegas i think vegas matches them so well yeah well probably vegas could be st louis i guess yeah it'll be uh, listen it's gonna be these playoffs have already been so fun yeah they've just proven what i know story. nothing about hockey what a story if the st louis blues go from being dead last in the nhl at the start of 2019 to being stanley cup champions can you imagine Whoever put yeah. that bet is going to be a happy camper. Well, I don't know if you guys heard, but the, some guy dropped like a hundred grand on the Columbus to sweep the Lightning before the series started, and he walked out of Game Four with like one point two mil. Oh my! Oh my gosh. God! How the balls? The balls, dude. Yeah. Um. Also, he's a moron, but yeah. the balls. Um, well, guys, I mean, if you guys don't have anything else, I think that, that is it for episode 26. Um, this will be interesting. This time next week, the Jets will either be in round two or not. Who is your guys' favorite player who ever wore the number 26? Um, Dalton, how about you kick us off since you have it? Oh, my favorite is Martin St. Louis. Uh, didn't do that one um, last week? What, 26? No. Last week is 25. Um, we didn't do this last week. Or like any of the weeks before that. Because I forgot. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're just adding this in. <laughs> um, hmm. Allow me to uh, not. Uh, Girl, I'll just it. talk about how much I love St. Louis. Wow. He was so good. And also, he coaches Columbus's power play now, which is really funny for me since they just swept the Lightning. All right, all right. I got my oh, – here we go. My favorite number 26 to play for the Oilers, Brandon Manning. Oh! <laughs> Fuck, dude. Good shit. Good shit. Um, Best 26 on the Oilers is Todd Marchand, man. Ooh. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Paul Marchand sure. was, was a beauty. He was a beauty hockey player. He did everything well. Yeah, what a great yeah. hockey player. But Brandon Manning's a way better meme answer, so. <laughs> um, other notable 26s, Eric Cole, uh, Arcabello, and Eero Pacarinen. Arcabello. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. Also, Eero the hero. Yeah. All right, Chris, who is um, your number, favorite number 26? Well, I would say, like, I mean, there's not a lot of 26s that come to mind right away. But for me, right, I would have to say just Blake Wheeler just because he is a great player. He's one of the best. I mean, like, he, he's such a big man and he just does things so well. But Todd Marchant has got to be a close second for me because that, for me, is one of my favorite times as a, as a hockey fan. Yeah, those were good times, good times. <laughs> Back when the um, Oilers were good, sort of, not really. Yeah, it was, well, you know what, at least, it, I mean, I don't know, I think it's different, they grind it, you know? Yeah, they're a different kind of team, that's for sure. Yeah, that for, team, for though, sure. like, that team, I know I always talk about the 2006 Oilers, but that team just, like, it just all came together at the last minute. They backed themselves into the playoffs, but every player on that team Played to their max potential during the, during those those playoffs, like Greer, Morrow, Pisani, Marchand. Like you could go on and on. Longer. Like, yeah. Hey, hey Chris, Pronger do you want to feel the- really old again? <laughs> the the 2006 sure. Stanley Cup playoffs are like my first memory of ever watching hockey. Me, mine as well. Yeah, I hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I remember 2006. I think I was. Seven. Um, yeah, I think I was eight for those playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I remember Oilers lose Game Seven against Carolina. We watched it in the base Calgary. I remember coming upstairs and sitting on the bar and sobbing. Oh, dude, I just cried on the couch. And like, and like, the thing is, is like, right, like I'm seven, so I still don't even really fully understand the game or like why I care about this team. But I just remember because I lived in Calgary at the time. I'd get on the bus. And everyone in Calgary was just chirping me on the way there. And I'm like, I'm telling you, we're so good. And then getting on that, I was like, I, I think I told my mom, I don't want to go to school tomorrow. Oh, dude. That yeah, was brutal. I don't even think, like, anybody chirped me over it, like, in Calgary. People were just, they thought Edmonton was going to be able to do it. They were just so sad. No, oh, they were ruthless on me, man. Or maybe it's because I look so sad. <laughs> yeah, they didn't want to tip you over the edge. Oilers suck. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does it, boys, for episode 26. Um, I look forward to seeing where the playoffs take us. You can follow us on Twitter at Blue Line South, uh, SoundCloud, YouTube, uh, Anchor, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, South of Blue Line Podcast. We are there. And that does it for uh, this episode, boys. We will see you next week. Go Jets, go. Happy 420. Go Jets, go.